0: Is there meaning in the madness of trials? Pastor Xavier Reese has the simple truth. The interaction between faith and trials
1: brings about a process. Everybody wants a product, but nobody wants to go through the process. Everybody wants to skip the process today, they just want the product. <laughs> Paul put it this way in Romans 5 3 through 4. Tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Just as gold is purified in fire, the heart of the Christian in hard circumstances is purified and his faith strengthened. Yet Pastor Xavier says if we're to experience joy as we're commanded, or even just understand the trials we face, we must come to recognize this simple truth. God's testings are purposed to work for us, not against us. Let's return for the continuation of a verse-by-verse study today of the Epistle of James. James chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 2 through 4, and
1: the message is entitled, Trials, Mature Christians. Now, James addressed the attitude of mind believers are to have when they encounter trials. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. It sounds kind of weird, huh? Because who likes trials? I don't like trials. The instruction is that the believer is to view trials as beneficial, to count it all joy. The word count means to consider, to deem. This is an imperative command indicating they were to deem this attitude of joy themselves in their own trials. Now notice the evidence of valuing the trial is joy. The manifestation of joy is by the Holy Spirit, not the natural man. We usually identify our emotional contentment with happiness, and usually our happiness is related to outward circumstances. If I buy a new house, oh, I'm happy. It burns down, now I'm sad. It has to do with what I have, how I feel where joy goes beyond all that. As as we go through trials and we look back, um, though we cried and screamed and threatened, perhaps, when we trust God and we just depend on Him and we get through these things, we look back and we wouldn't trade that experience for anything because it's made me more like Him and less like me. They're valuable. They're things that you don't get from a sermon, you don't get it from books, but something that you have to go through You have to depend upon God. The declaration regarding trials is to embrace them with a spiritual attitude, being a person of the Spirit. Notice secondly, verse 3, comes the perception regarding trials. James reminded the believers that they understood the reason for trials. This is not news. He says, knowing that the testing of your faith The word testing means to prove or verify something to be genuine. The word is used for the testing of coins to see if they were genuine or false. It's also used for metals, gold and silver. You see, the faith of a Christian is biblical faith. The testing of their faith was for spiritual growth. He says, produces patience. He stated this did not take place passively. The word produce means to perform, accomplish, or achieve. And the tense is the indicative present middle, indicating an ongoing result by the individual being part of the process. You are participant in this case. You've got to yield to it. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to reckon the old man dead. You've got to put off the old man. Put on the new man. Bring your thoughts to captivity. Be filled with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. The interaction between faith and trials brings about a process. Everybody wants a product, but nobody wants to go through the process. Everybody wants to skip the process today. They just want the product. (laughs) That of conflict and pressure, process. That of resistance and opposition, process. That of defending against the attack, process of new nature being victorious over the old sin nature process notice he stated the particular process will result in being more reliable the word patience "moni," means steadfastness constancy or endurance jesus used the word in luke twenty-one nineteen. by your patience possesses your soul the author of the Hebrews says, "You have need of patience." Hebrews ten thirty six. Remember the Hebrews; they were going back to animal sacrifices. They were growing in the Lord, and He calls them to turn around again to grow. James will use it again in the next verse, and for the patience of Job in chapter five verse eleven. The idea is that of remaining under. Let me give you a word: stick to itness. <laughs> Our society today and our Christian community has bought into this whole quick and easy, superficial involvement without any depth of commitment. And if things don't go our way, then we just bail out. This is our whole culture, and it has affected the Christian community because churches have embraced the culture of our day. And during the process... Lasting in perseverance to the end, we are called soldiers of the cross, not being engaged with the affairs of life to distract us from the warfare. The believer does not lose heart or courage. There are things that will try to make us that, but then we have to decide whether we do or not. The immense spiritual growth of some people is amazing. Melissa, a young Missionary, that's over in Africa and the Lord took her over and she fell in love with Africa and she ended up marrying Vincent the pastor down there and by the Sudan a ago. and this young lady um, grew up with all the benefits of Southern California very well to do father never lacked for anything went to college and she goes over there and God just touches her heart and the um The trials that this young girl has gone through and what she writes about and her attitude, malaria, six, seven, eight times. Last time she almost died. She lives with the people, otherwise, the gospel is not accepted. She had everything over here. Her her house is a hut. She washes her, her dishes outside in a bucket. She witnesses the evil in the Horror of the um, Muslim communities and how the women are so vicious towards the children of other wives because they're number one in the ladder of heirs. And one day, this mother was um, took her baby on, she was, goes to the field of work and they put him on their back. They strap them backwards and they're just back here. The baby's just nagging and crying, and she just felt that maybe he just has tummy ache or something like that. And, So she worked half the day, and then she goes in and she takes her baby out. And she realizes that there is a coat hanger that has been stuck in traversely from here to here by one of the other mothers hoping to kill the baby so that her son would come to be first in line. Miraculously, Melissa grabbed the baby, took her to the medical hospital they have there. And the doctor pulled that thing out, didn't touch one of the vital organs, And the baby was okay. But Melissa knows that baby will soon die because it won't stop. Trials. And they hear this young girl, the joy. It's amazing to me. (laughs) It's just amazing. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 9, he says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, to self-control. Perseverance, there's the word patience here. The perseverance, godliness. Godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, agape. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even the blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. You and I cannot afford not to grow in our spiritual life. Second Peter three seventeen and eighteen says, "You therefore, beloved, since you know all these things beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the air of the wicked." But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory now, both now and forever. Amen. There's always. Satan and his adversaries are there to deceive. If you don't know the Word of God, then you fall for all kinds of false doctrine, particularly today. The believer grows and is to be known for patience, but it only comes through trials, doggone it. <laughs> so when you pray for patience, you're really praying for trials. In Romans 2 6 through 7, Paul says, speaking about the believer, who will render to each one, Lord, to the believer? Who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who, by patient continuance in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality? Growth. Romans eight twenty-five. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Same word. Patience. Colossians 1:10 11 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy. 2 Thessalonians 1 4 says, So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience faith and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations. That you endure. Remember Thessalonians. You're an amazing witness. Second Thessalonians three five says, "Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ." The perception regarding trials is to understand they produce spiritual growth. It's like an athlete. He's got to stretch himself. He's a weightlifter. He's got to lift more weight than he did the last time. Got to break that muscle down. It's got to be pain. So I can build up stronger. The same thing with us spiritually. Notice thirdly, we have the determination regarding trials. Verse 4, James instructs the believer to yield to the process in order to end up with the finished product here. Notice he says, but let patience have its perfect work. The word but would be better translated now. It's not a contrast here in view of the fact that we are to count it all joy when we fall into various trials, in view of the fact that we know the testings of our faith produces patience, now let patience have its perfect work. The instruction is a command, not a suggestion. The tense of the word have is the imperative present active. This is to be the ongoing practice of a believer continuously. Every time he encounters a trial, this is to every believer without exception. Now notice the reason is that patience might be complete in its entirety. The word perfect there means brought to its end or finish. The subject is patience. The vehicle is trials. In life, this is not teaching a sinless perfection that we accomplish at some point in this life, never. It's revealing the quality of patience, encountering the trial, enduring the trial, enriched by the trial and through the trial. Then notice James instructed the believer to achieve the ultimate goal, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. He gives the purpose that the believer be well-rounded spiritually. The positive goal, notice, is emphasized and intensified by the negative statement, lacking nothing. In other words, nothing is missing. There's that balance. You're growing through the trial, you're developing, and you're maturing. Allow me to illustrate. You bring your baby home, take all his clothes off count the toes, make sure everything's there. And then, as the months progress, you're going to keep an eye on your baby to make sure that he or she is growing physically, that they are developing, that both arms are growing equally, not one more than the other. And then you're looking for maturity through the months and the years. And you're going to be looking for those three things throughout their life, physical growth, Physical development and maturity in the mental level all the way through. And so in Christ, the same thing. We want to grow in Christ through the word of God. We want to make sure that we develop. Some Christians just are always chasing the Holy Spirit from church to church. They go where all the gifts are or where people prophesy or something. And that's all they ever study. That's all they do. Some people, they hear there's a study on end time things, the book of Revelation. Man, they'll drive 300 miles. But they never go through the entire Bible. You've got to have the Bible. It's like a weightlifter. You know. If, they, if he just works on his upper body and he has skinny old legs, looks kind of awkward, doesn't he? Well, a lot of Christians are like that. Some people, oh, well, I just love, 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 love. You know, what about the rest of the Bible? Prophecy, well, how about the rest of the Bible? The gifts, how about the rest of the Bible? How about holiness? How about faith? How about teaching? How about serving? How about denying self? All those things. You want to be well-rounded, symmetrically developed. In this case, having not failed in the trial to secure patience, having passed the test of faith, the root of Christianity here. He's not talking about the fruit, but the root, our faith. And again, the word nothing means anything, not at all. The joy of the believer is in seeing the progress. As you look back at your life, You see how far God has brought you to some very difficult things, some things that God allows that you didn't understand, other things that are just normal, as a death, as an accident, as an illness. The joy of the believer is experiencing our life in Christ growing stronger to a greater maturity in Christ. Paul exemplifies this so vividly. Listen to what he says. In Second Corinthians four, sixteen through eighteen. He says, Therefore, do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Now these kind of words are just flowery words if you don't know the background of the person. But Paul is the one speaking this. And he gives us a long list of all his sufferings in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and chapter 11, which are just incredible. Being beat with rots, whipped in prison, a night in the deep, perils of countrymen, perils of robbers, perils in the deep. He's the one that pens this. So you want to. No, the source of the person who's saying this, there's the authority. The beloved apostle John addressed three levels of believers. The children are the recent believers. In 1 John 2, 12, he says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Real basic, just new believers. That's all we know at first. Man, I'm just saved. I'm forgiven. That's great. Then there's the young men. There are those who are growing strong. First John 2, 13 and 14. He says, um, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I've written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. When we were first born again, many of us started at the same time in the Lord. And we saw some grow and continue to grow and be used of God strong. We saw some start out like lightning, but then they didn't grow no more, and they just went back for some of them. It's always a choice of the individual. No one ever is given inferior faith at salvation. No one person has a better quality of faith than another. It's all the same. So children, young men, then the third group is the fathers, They're those who have walked with God for many years. 1 John 2.13 says, I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. You've known him. You've walked with him. You've trusted him. You've gone through trials. You've raised families. You've gone through tragedies. And you're still walking. The growth, development, and maturity of the believer is directly related to the study of God's word. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, as you know, it says that he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, some pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, a mature man, to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things unto him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body, joint and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. As you individually grow when you're growing in the Lord and you're developing, you're maturing, and you come to church, and others are doing the same thing, God puts the body together and He likens us to parts of a body, a hand, a leg, and because of the ligaments joined, they're all everybody's doing their part, that body is healthy, it's effective, it's efficient, it's functional. And what motivates it is the love of God. Second Timothy two fifteen says, Be diligent to present your Self approved to God, a worker that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, cutting the trail, saying, that's bad doctrine. That's not biblical, because you know the word. Being a good Berean, Acts 17, 11, searching, examining to find out if those things are so. Job, Job is placed on the top of the list of being tested by various trials, lacking nothing. Listen now to what God said in, in chapter 40 of Job, after God rebukes the other guys and everything. He says, and all his brothers, his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house, and they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Jesus says, therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect in Matthew 5.38. It doesn't mean sinless. But you're depending on him to get through. Paul put it this way in Romans 5, 3 through 4. Tribulation produces perseverance. There's the word again. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. The believer is never, is never in a position where he reaches ultimate perfection here on this earth. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians three thirteen through 15. Brethren... I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So if you're mature, you understand this. You've been growing, developing, you mature. If you're immature, you probably try to deny it. (laughs) He makes it real clear. The determination regarding trials is to be spiritually mature. What an exhortation James has given the believer to welcome trials. Characterized by these three things. The declaration regarding trials is to embrace them with a spiritual attitude. The perception regarding trials is to understand they produce spiritual growth. The determination regarding trials is to be spiritually mature. From day one
0: to the day the Lord takes you home, there's your course. (laughs) Pastor Xavier Reese and the heavenly perspective of our earthly trials, today on Simple Truth. Now, you may be interested to know this message titled, Trials, Mature Christians, is available on CD upon request for just $4. Having your own copy allows you to review the study all over again and at your own pace, or perhaps pass on to someone else you know. So once again, the title to ask for is, Trials, Mature Christians. Or you may simply mention today's date when you write, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, And please be sure you tell us the call letters of this station when you get in touch. We use this information to help us measure the efficiency of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California